going to do something a little bit different for the next seven weeks on this podcast. Because for the next seven Sundays at Emmaus, leading all the way up to Advent, we're going to be going through the Lord's Prayer together. And one of the things that we're going to be doing during this time as we reflect on the Lord's Prayer together is that we're also going to be reading Malcolm Guide's seven sonnets on the Lord's Prayer. Malcolm is a poet and priest in that beautiful English tradition. He's also the chaplain at Girton College, Cambridge. And in 2016, Malcolm published a collection of sonnets called Parable and Paradox. And in that collection, he wrote seven powerful sonnets on the Lord's Prayer. So we're going to go through those together on Sundays as we consider the Lord's Prayer. And what better way to prepare ourselves for that than using this platform to hear these beautiful poems? Because Malcolm not only published those sonnets in 2016, but he also posted audio versions online as well. So we're going to use those recordings in these podcasts. To learn more about Malcolm Geit and to read more of his wonderful poetry, please go to malcolmgeit.wordpress.com. The structure of these seven weeks will be a little bit different than we usually do on this podcast. And rather than building time for silent reflection into the podcast directly, we're going to let you choose whether or how you'd like to do that for yourself. So what we'll do is that we'll play Malcolm's poem of him reading it. I'll offer a few thoughts and reflections on the poem itself. And then we'll play the poem one more time so you can just hear those words being read one more time. And you can choose to respond however you see fit. My prayer is that this podcast is encouraging, it's thoughtful, it's a fruitful time as as you take time to reflect on these words and these poems, and that they also help prepare your heart for the coming Sunday as well, as we consider God's Word together and these poems on Sundays. I heard him call you his beloved son, and saw his spirit lighten like a dove. I thought his words must be for you alone, knowing myself unworthy of his love. You pray in close communion with your father, so close you say the two of you are one. I feel myself to be receding further, fallen away, and outcast, and alone. And so I come and ask you how to pray, seeking a distant supplicant's petition, only to find you give your words away, as though I stood with you in your position, as though your father were my father too, as though I found his welcome home in you.
Malcolm himself said, In this sonnet, I am trying to recover the sense of sheer surprise and grace the disciples must have experienced on first being given this prayer. They all knew that Jesus had a special relationship with the Father, that he was in some sense the only begotten Son. And when they asked him to teach them how to pray, I'm sure that they did not expect to share the intimate words he shared with his Father, but rather to be given a form of prayer suited for their lowly status or as servants or disciples. They must have, Malcolm said, been utterly astonished to be invited to pray just as Jesus did, to pray as already beloved children. This poem is voiced for one of the disciples expressing that astonishment, he said. One of the amazing things about this poem is that it starts with unfamiliarity with the Lord's Prayer, something that's so foreign to us. We are so familiar with these words, most of us can just rattle them off without thinking too much about it. And so the power of this poem lies in the fact that it's immediately forcing us to take an unfamiliar position, which then forces us to think about these words in a whole new way, that we too have been made beloved sons and daughters of God that we too have been given these words, that we too, though wholly unworthy, are welcomed home and invited to call God our Father, too. It's radical. It reminds us of what St. John said in 1 John 3.1, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called children of God, for that is what we are. It has become so common for us to use this language and to think in these terms. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's so good for us to be shocked out of our familiarity and to consider the earth-shattering nature of these words that we have been made children of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, all that is seen and unseen, calls you by name and invites you to call him Father. If you're outside, you might want to take a look around. The trees, the air, the sky, the waters, the grass, the leaves, the animals, the other people. Everything that is seen and unseen has been made by the same voice that says to you, call me Father. If you're inside, Contemplate your very existence, your own body, millions of cells working in harmony, your lungs filtering air and moving the oxygen into your bloodstream, your blood rushing throughout your entire body, delivering that oxygen to make your muscles function, the synapse firing for every movement and thought. The God who spoke all of that into existence invites you to call him Father. Consider your own relationships. How meaningful it is that your friends know your name. How much it matters that there are people in this world who care about you. That you have family and friends who love you. 
Now think about how much that is magnified when it's the creator of all things for God to know your name, for God to care about you, for God to love you, for God to say, call me Father. say the Lord's Prayer at least twice a day with my children. And it can be so easy for my mind to be elsewhere, for the words to just sort of fall out of my mouth without any real thought. The gift of this poem is that it invites us to consider the radicality of these words, that God, the creator of all things, the maker of heaven and earth, calls you to call him Father. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, for that is what we are. I heard him call you his beloved son, and saw his spirit lighten like a dove. I thought his words must be for you alone, knowing myself unworthy of his love. You pray in close communion with your father, so close you say the two of you are one. I feel myself to be receding further, fallen away, and outcast, and alone. And so I come and ask you how to pray, seeking a distant supplicant's petition, only to find you give your words away, as though I stood with you in your position, as though your father were my father too, as though I found his welcome home in you. <laughs> 